Hello, listeners. This is Talking Addiction and Recovery Podcast, and I am your host, Andrew J. Schreier. We are here to discuss ongoing issues and topics related to addiction and recovery, and today's topic has become increasingly important, and I see this a lot when it comes to being an addiction and mental health counselor as well as clinical supervisor. What we are talking about today is what is being mixed in with drugs. This is also really important for parents to listen to as well, and later on in the episode, you'll hear why. And to begin the topic, you think about how do you know that what's in the granola bar you just ate is actually what it says it is? Well, there's a package on it with ingredients listed. There's probably an expiration date on it to let you know when to eat it by and more than likely there is some company name or contact information you could call with any concerns or questions and knowing that there's a lot of things in place that ensure that what you're getting is safe that there's nothing harmful in it for you Uh, or if you do even have something like allergies to something that might be on there either in the ingredients or a warning sign that says you know this is in it And that can help you to know that if consuming that might not be good for you. How do you know that what's in the case of beer you just purchased is actually beer? You know, how do you know it's not wine or liquor instead? Unless it came from some random person on the street in like an unlabeled bottle or bag, you know it's beer because it has a label, there are laws in place about what must go on it, and even warning signs consuming it and all that kind of stuff. We see all the ingredients that are on food containers, packages. Half the time, we might not even be able to read or pronounce them. But if we really wanted to, we could look them up and find out more about them. I grabbed a box of these Kodiak cakes, uh, like protein balls that are oatmeal, chocolate chip flavored. And I, I looked at it before doing this and notice that there's a list of ingredients sure enough alongside the box and nowadays you can even go to a restaurant and they even tell you how many calories are in the food and you can even go to some websites of many places and products where you can find out ingredients and nutritional stuff and all that so in that area we have become more informed about what is in products and food and what we are consuming to let us know what is in there you can be pretty confident that when you buy a granola bar you buy a case of beer some food at the store you know what's in it and i'll tell you you know who does not do that is the illicit drug market so drugs don't work the same way there is nobody regulating what is going on inside of it or what's being mixed in with it and Where we are today in comparison to even when I started doing this 17 years ago almost is a lot different. And we're going to talk about what are some of the things that are different and why this is a really important topic to talk about nowadays. And what's supposed to be one substance might be a completely different one. What is supposed to be a certain amount of this ingredient might actually be double or triple the amount. What might look like CBD is actually combined with maybe synthetic marijuana. What might look like heroin actually has small traces of fentanyl. What might look like cocaine was cut with laxatives, caffeine, or even laundry detergent. What might look like a prescription medication purchased on the internet is really a combination of 
multiple substances. So an example to give is that fentanyl is showing up in everything from like cocaine, pain medications like Percocet, um, even in some prescription anxiety medications like Xanax that are showing up on the street. And there's also even been reports that that fentanyl has been found in marijuana and even CBD products. And fentanyl is a synthetic opioid that is significantly stronger than um, the other opiates that are out there. And it's being found a lot with the overdoses and the rise in overdoses that we've seen. And one of the big changes that where we are today and where I was when we when I started doing this was technology and synthetic drugs are changing how illicit drugs are being like produced and distributed. What looks exactly like a prescription pill with the same size, number and identification markers is in reality, nothing of the sort. You couldn't tell the differences just by looking at what is a legal prescription medication or what's an illicit drug designed to look like one. And I did a thing where I had a contact of a, a police officer show me what looked like two of the same pills that just to the eye could not tell that they weren't from like the same prescription bottle that they weren't from the same manufacturer but in reality one was a illicit drug that was made and one was a produced drug that was legal but you couldn't tell the difference and with technology nowadays with pill pressers it's looking just like what you would get from a legal prescription. And this isn't new as far as this happening or this, this topic isn't new, but the dangers and concerns is becoming more concerning. Like mixing, lacing, and combining drugs is not new. Many of the illicit substances out there on the street are laced with cutting agents. So why talk about now? Because the landscape of it goes through changes as well. So we are looking at when the drug world and the drug market illicitly, they go through their own changes with what's happening with technology, with events, like they're just like any other business. So distributing drugs has also changed as well. The quote dark web gives people the ability to go online and order drugs from different places around the world and receive them in the mail. I had a patient recently talk to me about their experience buying fentanyl over the internet and said it was pretty much just as easy and user-friendly as ordering something from Amazon. If you want to learn more about that, I recommend reading Fentanyl Inc. And it goes into really great detail about synthetics and the internet with distributing and all that kind of stuff. So how do you know what's really in that substance you ordered that was manufactured on a whole different continent even. You may be wondering why they would do that. And you you may trust your guy, but more than likely they are not even aware of what is entirely in the substance that they are selling you. Can you imagine like how many different hands of people drugs have been in before the consumer receives it? And they is you know, really a bunch of people who deep down do not care about what happens to you. And I'm going to get that disclaimer out of the way. If you end up incarcerated, they are not going to testify to the courts and say, Hey, your honor, it was me selling it to them. You should let them go and lock me up. They won't visit. They won't call. And even as a loyal 
customer that they look at you as you were the one that they relied on for money. They went to you. They need you as much as they're going to sweet talk you, offer you things, give you a little bit for free offer. Come to your house. I'll tell you what, when you get locked up, they are not going to be the one putting money on your books. They're also not going to be the ones picking up your hospital bills, paying for funeral costs, and taking care of the damage and toll exerted on those who love you when you experience a fatal overdose. So let's make that very clear. And I found a quote the other day, not even searching for it, but it was one that was um, mentioned on some of the accounts that I follow. And in relation to that, it was very interesting that, quote, drug addiction is the only thing in the world that will have you treating the people killing you better than the people who love you. And that's exactly what I'm getting to right there is the individuals, they who are making the drugs, selling the drugs, giving it to you and all that, they are not doing it out of any best interest. And it's done for three very specific reasons. One is to reduce costs. Two is to increase profits. And three is to avoid law enforcement. If adding poison to drugs helps accomplish any of those goals, they are going to do it without any kind of hesitation or thought about how it might harm or affect you. It is not to make a better product for their customers' well-being or to reduce safety risks, to reduce overdose risk, or to like increase any kind of health benefits at all. People producing, manufacturing, transporting, and selling drugs are not governed by anyone. Yes, law enforcement is out there trying to do its thing to keep it off the street. But what I'm talking about is that there is no one making sure that what is in the drugs are what is supposed to be there. There is nothing requiring drug makers and distributors and dealers to advertise the potential consequences of ingesting their product. There is no quality control for the conditions and equipment being used for this industry. You ever go to a restaurant or like see a package of food that says this product may have been in the same room as a peanut? And it doesn't really say that, but you know what I'm talking about where it says it might have been on like the same machinery as a peanut product or may have been like in contact with peanuts. Peanut dust may have been floating around here. You got that disclaimer that at some point along the way that what you're consuming may have been around a peanut. They warn you so that anyone with an allergy can be careful. And as I, I brought the, that Kodiak box with me here to take a look at, and sure enough, right below, I'm looking at the ingredients right below it. It says contains milk also contains traces, trace amounts of egg, soy, tree nuts, and wheat due to processing on shared equipment. This isn't happening when it comes to illicit drug trade. And when it comes to selling and making drugs, you often have multiple substances being made, packaged, delivered, and you think that they're going to spend more money, which will increase their cost and decrease profit on making sure their product is safer for you 
They aren't telling you this product may contain traces of fentanyl, cocaine, barbiturates, lighter fluid, caffeine, laundry detergent, benzodiazepines, or even battery acid due to processing on shared equipment. Those are not going to be talked about or shared. Even if the person knew that, they're probably not going to. There's a very highly likelihood that they don't even know what was going on when it was made. You ever see some of the conditions drugs are made in? I'm sure some of my listeners have watched, you know, Drugs Inc. and some of the shows where they talk about that. They are not made in a lot of, you know, what would you call good conditioned, healthy conditioned environments. And the products and what's being mixed in it with lace in it isn't healthy stuff too. Like I mentioned battery acid. That is a legit thing used in making certain drugs the illicit drug market goes through similar issues just like other businesses when it comes to like supply and demand what's available what's not finding ways to like bulk up original price sell cheaper drugs in the place of something more expensive it is about money not about concern for the customer or they'll their well-being one of the most concerning aspects about this is when it comes to like young children and adolescents experimenting with illicit substances. I've always been a firm believer in needing to talk about this at a younger age than when or if we are originally told. It doesn't always happen. And I think it's more important nowadays because of technology. Young children and adolescents will learn a lot about illicit drugs through social media and technology and how it can be obtained is becoming easier as well. So either you can have the conversation and educate them about it or find resources for them to learn about it. Or the other option is you can trust that social media and their peers are going to do it. Either way, they will find out about it. Either way, they're going to learn about it. And nowadays, that is becoming younger and younger. I had a client who was 16 and he was using alcohol and vaping and smoking weed quite often and he decided to try cocaine at school and he was under the impression that he was doing a a bump of cocaine and he snorted it this individual ended up overdosing was actually given narcan once on the way to the hospital and then was placed on a narcan drip when he got to the hospital because he actually overdosed again come to find out when the, the test came back for the blood work it was positive for fentanyl And after he recovered from the overdose, he came and saw me. And then in having a conversation with him after it happened, he kept telling, he kept saying that his, he thought it was cocaine. And that's what he was told. That's what he decided he wanted to try. And he had no idea what fentanyl was. With drug testing, there is, there are more conversations going on regarding what is in people's results. Sometimes you need to put, on that investigator approach and dig a little deeper into discussion with someone. And that's, you know, I do that a lot when I'm doing counseling. However, there are a fair amount of conversations going on where someone will admit to using and the results will come back for something else. And they'll say, you know, they'll say, oh, I used opiates. I'm telling them that there's also fentanyl in it. Someone will tell me that they use cocaine or heroin. And I'm telling them there's also benzodiazepines in it. And that's a conversation after I have blood test, or not blood test, drug screens that show what was in there. So this isn't just someone saying it to me and 
and me using a scare tactic about, well, this is in there, this is in there. When I see results tell me this is what's in there and I'm having a conversation with someone who's telling me they're using this, they're telling me it's X and I'm saying, well, I'm seeing X, but I'm also seeing Y and Z. That is a conversation that is happening more and more frequently. And the response that I often get is, well, I don't do like fentanyl or I don't do benzodiazepines or whatever the the case may be. And yes, a person may have unknowingly ingested the substance with the intention of using a different substance. The interesting thing that happens in conversations like this is after this happens, sometimes the person has the statement of, well, it must have been mixed in there or something. And they kind of leave it at that. And then time goes by, another drug test comes back, and the same result shows up. And the person may continue to acknowledge that the other substance may be mixed in their drugs. It kind of throws their hands up like that emoji with the two the two hands kind of like in the shoulder shrug. And I'm just I'm fascinated at their response. And there's a few reasons why that is fascinating to me. Some people will continue to tell me they aren't using the other substances. You know, they will say, well, I don't use fentanyl. And my response is, you are you are now. You are using it. If you continue to use whatever it is that you're using and fentanyl keeps showing up in your drug screens, you are now using that. But the statement of, I don't use that, is shocking because... Some people have said, well, I would never do that or I'm not doing that. And first of all, if there's anything that's going to tell you that you weren't going to do something and then you end up doing it, drug addiction is one of those things. But to all of a sudden have it test positive for that and for someone to continue to say, well, I don't use that is, is shocking. Another reason I'm fascinated with this situation is at first the person may not know about what was mixed in with their substances. And I'll give someone the acknowledgement that originally there might not have been any knowledge of it. They didn't know. It wasn't their plan. And they might not have learned until I told them. However, after that happens and we talk about it and we discuss, you know, substances being mixed, laced, and cut, I you can't use the I don't know anymore now you know you are aware that whatever you ingest especially with illicit substances you may be ingesting other substances as well you increase your risk of that happening and a little sidebar here i say it especially illicit substances but this has also happened with legal ones as well and this is one of the major concerns i have regarding cbd oils and products because you don't necessarily know what it is in those either because they are not FDA approved the quality control regulations and what's required with these products is not as strict the Associated Press did a study on what was found in CBD products ranging from like vaping oils even edible gummies in the findings they detected traces of synthetic marijuana fentanyl that the amount of marijuana or THC in it um, showed it had was even greater than what was labeled and even found the amount of CBD labeled on some products to be less than what was advertised. So this isn't just with the quote-unquote harder drugs, but with a lot of different substances and products. 
another intriguing point about that whole like discovering you know your drugs are mixed with other substances especially ones that could be lethal has not been enough to necessarily deter someone from using or having problems with their dealer you know i've had a number of people who work in the service industry as like servers chefs and it's a very interesting conversation to have with them about this perspective and i've talked to so many about it because I say like, you know, you work in the service industry. Like what would happen if you gave someone a steak that had some rat poison mixed in with it as a customer? What would happen if you went to a restaurant instead of getting a steak, you received like raw chicken. I tell them 99% of us, 99% of us in these situations would write off that restaurant and never go back. I mean, let's be honest. If something like that happened to us, we would probably threaten to sue. Like that's not a normal response that when something like that happens to just keep going back or to be like, Oh, well it must've been what they put in there. But if it comes to addiction and someone is willing to go right back to that dealer and use the substances again, now knowing what could be in there, that's part of the disease where like logic, rationale and facts don't compute. Because of this concern over what's being mixed in with drugs, there's been a lot of movement going on for some time now, like regarding the use of testing kits to make available to people using. Of course, it's had, you know, similar pushback um, to other programs, you know, which, you know, would fall under like the, the harm reduction model that it's enabling and allowing people to keep using drugs. And the goal of these organizations is pretty simple. This doesn't allow them to use, it just helps inform them of what they are using. So to give like an example, if someone believes they're using cocaine, they can test it. And if there are traces of fentanyl found, this may actually deter someone from using it. If they don't know about the fentanyl in it, and they've already purchased cocaine with the intent of using it, they are likely going to consume it. So testing it before consumption could be a last intervention attempt that might persuade someone not to do it if it's found to have a substance or a chemical in it that the individual might be afraid to use or doesn't want to use, or they have no idea what it is, and there's you know, programs designed to then like, how do you help someone like that? There's always kind of like resources to speak to someone or connect them somewhere if they wanted to get help or if they didn't want to use, you know, what, what are some options there? But if, if this person has cocaine and they already have it, they already have the intent of using it. It's better that they test it to see what's in it in comparison to not knowing And part of that is because of what's happening. That is all designed because of what's going on with the illicit drug market and with all these things that's going on. That's part of the purpose for creating this is to reduce the harm due to some of the overdoses and some of the the drastic consequences that are happening from different substances and drugs being mixed into things that people don't know about or not aware about. And how do we help reduce that harm? 
So we really need some strong talking points when it comes to this one. And number one is whatever you think is in your drugs, there's a good chance there is more. It is best to assume that your drugs have some traces of other substances in them. Number two, your guy does not care about what happens to you. The illicit drug business is for the purpose of making money and not a quality product. Any thought that your person or their connection or their drug maker would not do that to you is absurd. I'm here to burst that bubble. You are not that important to them. They're not going to choose your well-being over their profit. Even though you are a customer, if they can save or make money by adding poison to the drugs they give you, they will do it without hesitating. Number three. Now you know. You know now that the illicit drug market and even some legal products have a chance of being mixed, cut, or laced with other substances. You can no longer use the excuse of not knowing when you know now. So a big question that that leads to is number four. Now that you do know, what does that mean? Does it not bother you that you thought you were using cocaine and now has fentanyl? Are you okay with the fact that you are not using this substance that for so long you said, I don't do that? There's a lot of conversations I've had with people where saying, oh, it must be in there. That's not enough just to say, oh, well, that's it. Oh, it must be mixed in and leave it at that. You can't just leave it at that. If you find that out or you know that, there has to be more to what you're going to do or what that means. It can't just be that emoji throwing the hands up, shoulder shrugging, like, well, I don't know now. Well, yeah, you do know now. Like, where's that oh shit moment? Or I can't believe that I use that now. What do you do now that you know that? Number five is learn more about preventative measures like testing kits and having Narcan available. This is another reason why I'm a supporter of Narcan because people are ingesting substances not believing it could kill them and it's mixed with something that that could. I'm definitely concerned about how this has, can and will like continue to impact younger individuals who are at the age of experimenting with substance use. I know I'm having a lot of conversation with parents and you know clients that I work with who are parents and they know their own drug history, they know what they're going through, what they've gone through and they have a concern about, well, I'm really worried about what my kid uses or experiments or if they might at some point. And one of the biggest concerns is yeah, this mixing of substances is very concerning because 
there is one time that someone might try and that could be enough to kill them. And with younger individuals, you know, they're at that stage of experimenting with substances and what they're influenced by. And I'm telling you, parents have conversations with your kids about it. They will learn from you or they will learn from social media or learn from their peers. And these are the things that those types of stuff are not going to share. In, in every conversation I have with someone regarding illicit substance use, I caution about the reality that consuming something puts you at risk of ingesting other substances you may not intend to or be aware of and the impact those substances may have. You know, some of those might be deadly and it won't take years of progressive use to, to cause problem or become an addiction but one-time using could lead to fatal consequences. So the question, you know, pulls in this title of, you know, mixing what's in your drugs. To be honest, you may not survive to know the answer to that. So with a strong sense of caution and warning, thank you for listening.